0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com.
1: You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Uh, Gil, the this past week has been like a refreshing blast of information All over the place in football world, in Packers world, Mm, not really in Aaron Rodgers world. I will say that (laughs) we learned zip about what's going on with him, but it's been nice to have the combine going on. We have a lot of information about who the Packers are talking to. We've heard from Gutekunst. We've heard from LaFleur. Man, I, I just love when we're getting all this information. There's stuff to think about. Uh, I've been really geeked out about getting into the draft and starting to scout some players that I really like. And you know what? I actually, so we're we're talking about offense today. We're going to continue our like series about what we would do if we were the GM. We're going to be doing offense today and it kind of occurred to me that I have been focusing on almost exclusively on offensive players uh, as I've been scouting the draft. And uh, it's it's been kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, interesting that you're, you're, you know, you ask most people, they would say the offense of the Packers is a better unit than the defense. And yet, yeah, a lot of attention being paid to offensive players in this draft. And I think a lot of it has to do with who might stay and who might go in free agency.
1: Yep, we got a little bit of news on the defensive side of the ball uh, according to Tony Pauline. Take this with the, with a great assault because it's rumor season. Uh sounds like the Packers are trying to work out an extension with Preston Smith. Uh I I think we still think Zadarius is going to be gone, but he is still a Packer as of today. Uh, Packers have to free up about 31 million bucks in the next couple of weeks here to get under the cap before the start of the new league year. And we are hearing a lot of murmurs that the Packers are working on deals with Aaron Rodgers, with Devontae to keep them around for a few more years. We were we were hoping, though, that we were going to have some solid Aaron Rodgers and Devontae information this week to inform our offensive uh, episode of this uh, GMing the Packers project that we're doing here. But you know what? Uh, Gutekunst and Russ Ball and uh, uh, Matt Lafleur have to wait on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, and they still have to do the rest of their jobs. So that doesn't make us exempt either.
0: No, it doesn't. And Packers Nation is just in the hurry up and wait mode right now. I mean, (laughs) to me, the key is this, though. Uh, if you're Brian Gudekunst, you want to know uh, what Aaron Rodgers is doing before you have to either tag or not tag Devontae Adams. And that was originally what Rodgers said he was going to do. So what do we have, like a week left, not even until that deadline arrives? That's the, the, the big cutoff to me where this goes from Aaron Rodgers legitimately trying to, you know, figure out what he wants to do next to, Oh my gosh, this is going to start costing the Packers.
1: Speaking of costing the Packers, uh, freed up a little bit of money, uh, via a David Bakhtiari restructure. I believe looking at, um, his contract that what they did is they converted his roster bonus into a signing bonus, which was always the plan with Bakhtiari's contract. Uh, I mean, they, they signed him to a deal last December 2020. And then immediately um, once the uh, that league year was over, converted his first year's roster bonus into signing bonus, which was able to, uh, which, which resulted in pushing money out into the future. And they did the same thing again this year. It looks like uh, no void years, which I nope. I kind of understand because, You know, you do have questions about David Bakhtiari's health and they are pushing money into the future, but they did not push the maximum amount that they could have. So to me, that's a little bit of like splitting it down the middle, Uh, but they saved how much Uh, $7.7 million uh, in 2022 uh, off of Bakhtiari. And that kind of is the end of of the real easy restructures that you have left available. Um, it's not the end of easy money that is like a no brainer to go ahead and, and free up because of course uh, now at this point, one, two, three, four, five Jair Alexander is the fifth highest uh, cap hit for the Packers. And that's because his fifth year option is over 13 million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, signing him to an extension, like we talked about last week, is going to free up a ton of money, um, make him much cheaper to keep in 2022. And you are locking up, um, the very best corner in all of football. So, no brainer to make that happen. Uh, and, and we, we talked about that in, in greater detail last week. Make sure you catch uh, the last two weeks of uh, defensive talk. And then we got Bakhtiari here on on the offensive side. Really, uh, Jair, and then doing something with Zadarius and Preston as the number two and three largest uh, cap hits on the team. Those are are the last kind of kind of easy th- moves to predict. You also got well, uh, I, I'm not going to give it away. We're we're going to get into <laughs> some of these offensive players in just a minute here. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, running backs? I feel, like, I feel like I feel like I want to skip quarterback yeah. <laughs> for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe next week we'll be able to talk about that with more specificity, but yeah, okay, running back is is a good place to start. Uh, and right. y- you know, we had uh Matt LaFleur just uh on Wednesday talking about how he feels he has two number 1 running backs in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon.
1: Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, we talked last year uh to coach Hahn and he was ex- talking about the ways that you can use um the different kinds of running backs that the Packers had at that point when we had uh Jones, Jamal and AJ and he he was talking about like man it would be so cool to have a backfield of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones as like your one two punch make him your thunder and lightning and we just thought that it was going to be too cost prohibitive to keep Aaron Jones around And lo and behold, we got a whole year out of those two guys together. I think that we're going to clearly, clearly since they restructured Aaron Jones, he's coming back again in 2022. And then I think that's it. Looking Mm -hmm. at the way his contract is structured, he would be the first $20 million running back in NFL history if they bring him back for 2023. I'm just I'm not on board with that. For me, I love Aaron Jones, but I am absolutely savoring 2022 as the last time that we're seeing Aaron Jones in a green Bay Packers uniform. Am I crazy here or am I, uh, am I maybe uh, overreacting to his contract situation?
0: I don't think you're overreacting. There may be another alternative where they could extend him or add void years or just find a way to lower the cap hit for 2023. But as of right now, if you ask me, does he play for a $20 million cap hit in 2023? I would tell you, you're right. No, no way.
1: And, and you know, the, the issue is that whenever you talk about lowering a cap hit, that really only means the amount of cap that you're spending just in that year. Correct. So uh, Aaron Jones costs 20, or $20 million for his 2023 season. Whether All of that cap hit hits you in 2023 or not. So if he plays in 2023 and you structure him, you restructure him and lower his cap hit, that cap hit for the 2023 season is still going to come. It's just going to come in 2024. So you're still going to be paying him $20 million for one season's worth of work. Um, It's just a matter of, are you paying it all to him when he's here or are you paying some of it to him after he's gone? Uh, And obviously we're not talking, about actually paying him, we're talking about paying the salary cap fee
0: right It just becomes a question of when you have to pay the bill for you know his full salary and and if you can spread it out and make it a little easier to digest, maybe you can keep him another year, but again, that's up to Russ Ball and company to find a way to make that work if they could find a way to make that work,
1: so I will go ahead and say i am in favor of taking a running back in the draft this year, because you do need to have an Aaron Jones replacement in my mind. And uh, the nice thing is you don't have to swing super early because I think AJ Dillon can be your lead running back. He can be Derek Henry and you can kind of have more of a change of pace RB two. but I would like to take that, that stab, Uh, you know, uh, actually in the draft, as opposed to just combing through um, undrafted guys and uh, street free agents who didn't pan out other places and and trying to make something work. The running backs that have um, uh, done well in Green Bay have been draft
0: picks. Yeah, no question. To me, though, the way the the draft is structured and the team's immediate needs are structured, we're talking about adding a, a running back on day three of the draft. Uh, which I'm, which I'm okay with. There are oh, some, absolutely. I, I think
1: there are some dudes that I am uh, actually quite interested in that are going to be later uh, draft picks. There, there, there's one guy, uh, Hassan Haskins out of Michigan, who I think is currently projected to go around like the fifth round, who is definitely intriguing to me. He has some similarities in his game to uh, AJ Dillon in a way, um, mm-hmm. but but uh, I, I don't think that they'd be redundant. I think they could be complementary. So that if you're going to go a little bit earlier, just because you value the position, I could see them taking a swing at a guy like Haskins in like the fifth round. But there are some sixth and seventh round uh, running backs as well that I would at, be super excited to get. And I mean, even even last year, I had a bunch of running backs that were uh, ended up going pretty late that I was excited about you might remember me talking about elijah mitchell who yeah. ended up being the uh, rb1 for the 49ers all year he was i think a, a sixth round um pick in the draft last year yeah you can get quality starters at running back late
0: or or at least guys who can be one a's and complementary players and 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 what have you look aj dylan is still under contract beyond next season and then look the guys you have behind them patrick taylor kylan hill as of right yeah. now untested hill coming off the uh, knee injury don't know if he'll be ready to start the season taylor showed some flashes showed a little bit during uh, his late season elevation from the practice squad but you know is he the kind of guy who could get you know 150 carries a season he hasn't proven that yet so yeah so more depth at running back i think is is essential during the draft and during the off season
1: yeah, that's a great point. Uh, talking about Kylan Hill is important. Uh, I I, th- I think that he very well could be the Aaron Jones replacement. I just would be interested in taking another swing um, uh, day, day three pick uh, at the running back position this year as well. Just continue to kind of stockpile that room. And, and maybe it really feels redundant this year since you have four guys that you kind of believe in, two that you obviously super believe in you know, maybe to, to, to have um, another guy that would honestly probably take Patrick Taylor's job because I don't think they want to keep five running backs on the no. roster. Maybe that's not the direction you go in this year. Um, but I, I think that whether they take a running back or not is going to be reflective of how they feel about Kylan Hill as a key uh, component of the offense
0: and how healthy they feel like how ready they feel he's going to be this year, because we don't know if he'll be ready for the start of training camp.
1: So when we, when we talked defense uh, we said edge rusher was a position that we really wanted them to take a swing at in the draft. Um, Obviously we want a defensive tackle next to uh, Kenny Clark. We don't predict they're going to do that because they never do, but it'd be (laughs) nice. Uh, and, And maybe the fact that they had to move on from Kingsley Kiki, is going to uh stack the scales in that favor a little bit more because he was a fifth round draft pick. He's no longer here. You you do kind of need to restock that room a bit. Uh linebacker, I think we were mostly we were kind of mostly leaning on uh Packers free agents, guys who've already been with the team and saying that's who we kind of wanted back. Uh cornerback, I think we felt really comfortable with the guy, group of guys we have Safety, I think we were pretty interested in the prospect of taking an earlier swing in the draft at safety, maybe fourth or third round pick mm-hmm. at safety. And and obviously much earlier than that. Um, also on the board, if you feel that Adrian Amos is not back in 2023. Yeah. So, So on the offensive side of the ball, are we in agreement that uh, taking a stab at running back somewhere, whether it's, whether it's the draft or free agency, I, I guess here's how I want to ask it to you. Give me a uh, one through ten. Uh, ten is they absolutely have to have to bring somebody in. One is, are you crazy? I love the four guys we have.
0: <laughs> I would say it's about a six and a half or a seven that they'll bring in somebody on day three in the draft.
1: Okay, and then uh, and then that number probably goes much higher uh, next year in the draft if they don't do it this year,
0: uh, uh, or maybe even if they do do it this year, depending on you know the injury situation and and what lies ahead. But yeah, I, I think that if they don't do it this year, they almost have to do it next year. And knowing Brian Gutekunst, he does think ahead. I don't think he's going to want to do that. Leave you know leave it to a situation where he feels like he must take a running back and must take one early.
1: All right. Here's the position that everybody does want to talk about (laughs) wide receivers. This is everybody's favorite topic when it comes to evaluating the Packers roster. So Devontae's up in the air. We, I, I I will say, I feel quite confident that the Packers are going to bring him back this year. Uh, said he's going to do it. I, I, tend to just take him at his word because pretty much whatever he says is what he ends up doing so I, I think Devante is back this year I think he's playing hardball with Devante and saying hey I, I really want to sign you to a long-term deal and if you're not gonna play ball with me I will franchise tag your butt and you are not gonna <laughs> like it <laughs> uh but behind Devante I mean talk to me about MVS Lazard and EQ. How many of those guys are back this year?
0: My feeling is you look at the top three receivers. You have Adams, MVS, and Lazard. I think two of them will be back with the Packers this year. And then for Randall Cobb, who's the fourth receiver, that's a coin flip. uh, Whether or not he, if Rodgers returns, Cobb may come back for less money. I I think that the Packers will probably keep Lazard over MVS if it comes down to that. But if Adams walks, they both could be back.
1: I certainly agree with you about Lazard over MVS. Uh, Love MVS, but if I could only keep one, no question in my mind, it's Lazard. Um, I think MVS or Cobb kind of has to be replaced by a draft pick, whether that is... A twenty twenty-two draft pick or Amari Rogers. Um I, you know, you leave that up to Matt LaFleur to determine how he feels about his uh his uh young third round pick there. Right. I am very ready to move on from Randall Cobb personally. I, I it's I love him as a person. It was really nice having him back with the team. I don't feel that we got uh, nine and a half million dollars worth of value out of him or whatever he paid in, in 2021. That's how much he cost in 2022. Yeah. And I'm not willing to pay nine and a half for what we got out of him last year. He was worth four and a half to me last if year that, with the production we got.
0: If that, and I love Randall Cobb and his place in Packers history is secure, but, uh, at this point he is your third or fourth receiver at best. Uh, very
1: inconsistent when he would show up or not.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, he's not, no way can the Packers willingly bring him back at a $9 million cap hit. He's not even close to worth that at this stage in his career. Now, if Rogers returns, I think that, uh, Cobb would probably be willing to come back for significantly less, but, if Rogers does not return, I think Cobb is probably gone. You know, regardless. If, if um,
1: Cobb, if Cobb was willing to come back for less this year, why wasn't he willing to come back for less last year? He did not take a pay cut to come to Green Bay, and the Packers had to eat a significant amount. Um, and they, they had to push, they had to push quite a bit of of dead money from twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two with Randall Cobb.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, that might have all been part of the plan to appease. Aaron Rodgers, where, you know, you don't bring in the, the guy, your quarterback said, you, you know, he wanted you to bring in and then, and then cut his salary. So I I think that would have probably rubbed Aaron Rodgers the wrong way, probably would have upset Randall Cobb as well. Uh, So I think that was just sort of part of the concession to Rodgers last year. And the other thing was, you know, we didn't know what his role was exactly going to be. And now, you know, we saw him for a year back in Green Bay. We know where he's at right now. And, and it's certainly not worth anything close to the amount of money that he got paid last year.
1: I think you bring back EQ, no question, because he's not going to be very expensive. And his skill set is kind of an interesting hybrid of MVS and Lazard. To me, it's a no-brainer to keep, eq he is a body that uh has a lot of experience in your system he was inconsistent last year but most of his bad play was early on in the year and mm-hmm. he finished the season really strong to me he's earned a roster spot especially at uh the low price that it would take to bring him back i think he's an exclusive rights free agent you basically just uh, offer him that exclusive rights tag and, and bring him back um but I, I am interested, quite interested, in taking another swing in the draft in one of the first three rounds. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I uh, agree. Uh, I would also bring back EQ. Uh, but again, what is EQ going to give you? In, in, in Even in the ideal situation where he gives you his best performance, he's still not going to be higher than your number three or four or five receiver. No, can but he's could. team.
1: But he can be an MVS replacement, you know, and and and, and before you jump to, to uh, try and highlight the difference in their talent level, I would just point out that MVS was for the vast majority of his career here in Green Bay until twenty twenty one. MVS was uh, not a guy you could depend on at all. He showed up very intermittently, mm-hmm. uh, especially the second half of the season. He usually was uh, quite terrible. Uh, EQ, uh, if you compare him to the uh, entirety entirety of MVS's career, very equitable players to each other. And the physical talents that he has, uh, he's one of the few guys uh, maybe the only guy that we have who really can match what MVS can do. Very fast, very tall.
0: I don't think he has the speed, the flat out deep speed of MVS. I mean, he's fast, don't get me wrong, but MVS, I think, takes that to a different level. And, you know, to me, EQ, and, you know, he's sort of a hybrid between Lazard and MVS. He's bigger like Lazard, he's faster than Lazard, but, you know, not as big big physically is uh bigger rather physically than M V S. So he sort of has a, a little bit of both in his skill set. Like you said, the question for EQ has always been consistency. I would bring him back, have him in training camp, but I don't think if you bring him back that especially if you draft somebody, I don't think his roster spot is assured.
1: No. I, I, I will say looking at, at guys in the draft who could make an impact for the Packers right away. There's a guy named George Pickens who I have really started to fall in love with who might still be around at the Packers second round pick. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really like about him is that the, the style of football that he plays is very much in the, um, in the vein of how Devonte Adams plays, right. but he's got MVS's body. Mm -hmm. Uh, which you know that you're going to pay a premium for him. He's going to be an early draft pick with those traits. There are a a few concerns about him. One of the issues with Pickens is he is a very slender guy, and he did have some uh, injury issues in college. I think that's something you're concerned about. Also, a little bit of off the field issues that, Uh, you as a coaching staff would have to have some confidence in that, that this is stuff that's no longer um, something something that really concerns you. Uh, So those are, those are a couple things that might drive his draft stock down a bit and maybe put him in reach for the Packers with their second pick. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, um you know really come out at around like pick 35 or so so the the Packers might need to take him in the first round if they wanted him but a guy like that and there's a couple other guys you know Jahan Dotson I think is another guy who could be a really good fit if you're trying to to replace slash upgrade uh MVS but I also I don't I don't have a lot of uh certainty that I think MVS is gone I think uh MVS wants to be back, and I think the Packers want him back. So the real question is just whether the Packers can afford what he's looking for, um, which is gonna be based off of what his agent is telling him he can get from other teams at free agency.
0: Yeah, and I mean I was surprised Spot Track said he was, you know, potentially getting what was it, eight or nine million dollars a year. I don't know if he's necessarily worth that much, even on the open market. Uh look, to me, it 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 comes down to this. If, if Devante Adams is gone, they could bring back, you know, all of the other receivers pr- probably, uh, but the Packers obviously want Devante Adams back. And then it becomes a question of, does he play on the franchise tag? Does he sign a long-term deal? How much cap space is available? What happens with Rogers? There are just so many outstanding issues before the Packers can figure out how much money they have to dedicate to their receiving core.
1: The last uh, last guy that uh, deserves some significant consideration. Uh, I mean, you got guys like uh, Malik that you love and and such, but Amari Rogers clearly did not have the rookie season that he was hoping for that that we're really hoping for from him. But it's also not the situation that he was drafted into. Brian Goodkins did not draft him with the expectation that he was going to have Randall Cobb sitting there the whole time doing exactly what he drafted Amari to do. Right. So I think that that did stunt Amari's development. He clearly didn't get hardly any playing time. Um, Looked mm, meh on offense when he he was out there on the field. I was definitely encouraged by the uh, real late uh, improvements we saw in just the last two games of the season uh, from him as a returner. I did like to see that. I also felt like you kind of saw throughout uh, training camp um, and some of the practices that he and Jordan love had an interesting connection mm-hmm. uh, that I think I would really like to see explored further. Um, and you know, it makes sense that he and Jordan would be hanging out and building a good, uh, connection with each other that he doesn't really have the opportunity to with Rogers who's thrown to, uh, Devante and MVS all the time.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, here's the deal to me. As soon as Randall Cobb was acquired, I knew Amari Rogers was not going to have a major role on the offense. It's
1: like a red shirt year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like a red shirt year was his rookie year. Did it meet expectations? No. Am I anywhere near panicked that he's all of a sudden a washout? Absolutely not. Uh, This was, like you said, a redshirt kind of a year. Um, I was disappointed that he didn't show as many flashes as a receiver in the limited number of snaps he took on offense. We saw early in the season the indecision on punt returns and and kick returns, which did get better the last three or four games. I think there's a confidence thing with him right now. And I think that just like, you know, Jordy Nelson wasn't a standout as a rookie. Devontae Adams wasn't a standout as a rookie. Give Most NFL receivers take two or three years before they really, the, you know, the light goes on and they get comfortable and things start to click. So I'm not ready to write off Amari Rogers after one disappointing rookie year, but I will acknowledge it was a disappointing rookie year.
1: And I'll just say Amari's ceiling is Debo Samuel. Amari really could have an interesting role uh, if, if he continues to develop as sort of that backfield receiver uh, hybrid player that you can uh, use in a lot of different places. The Packers like to use Tyler Irvin in that role when he was here, Mm -hmm. Uh, his ceiling is Debo Samuel. Uh, is he going to reach that history would say no, most, most players don't, but that is what's out there for him.
0: Ideally. And yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I if he would develop into Randall Cobb, his prime in a couple of years. I'd be very happy with that.
1: So last position we're going to hit on today is going to be tight end. And this is uh, one of my favorite positions. I love talking about tight end. Um, (laughs) So we lost Jay Sternberger this year. Uh, We do have Josiah DeGuara, obviously. You got Dominique Daphne. Uh, You also have Tyler Davis. But the big question here is what does the future look like for Bob Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis? Uh, Those are the two guys who, in my mind, are big questions for 2022. Uh, Obviously, a big part of the Mercedes question is dependent on does he want to keep playing? When you're as old as he is, uh, I think uh, retirement is a very real decision that you have to weigh every single season.
0: Yeah, and, and I think if Mercedes Lewis wants to come back for one more year, the Packers will find a way to bring him back for one more year. He is almost like having another assistant coach on the field. His leadership is good. His blocking is still very solid. And, and 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 definitely, you know, what he adds in leadership to the locker room is worth bringing back, again, at a reasonable price for a veteran. Um, but well, that decision is up to him, and we don't know what he's going to do just yet.
1: So he is under contract with the Packers for 2022. The issue is he's four and a half million bucks and you can't bring that down any further than about um, a half a million bucks by just doing a simple restructure. now you certainly could, and they probably will tack on a bunch of void years mm-hmm. to his contract, which would give you wiggle room to get down um, maybe another $350,000, which is, it's a no brainer at that point. Who, who cares about $350,000 in 2023? Do it. Um, but he he is still going to be expensive. He's still going to be three a little north of three and a half million bucks to bring back. And short of tacking on additional years, there's just not uh, even doing that. I, I think you what you would have to do really is agree to a whole new contract with him and, and scrap the old one. And you still be eating what two million. Dollars in dead cap if you did that. So yeah, um, it's it's bringing Mercedes back is not cheap. Now, if you were to move on from him entirely, you would save two million dollars, and you'd be carrying about two and a half million dollars in dead cap.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know to me, I think it's worth bringing him back if he wants to return. Uh, for his intangibles as much as anything else. Uh, to me, the bigger question at tight end is Tunyon. One, is he healthy? And then two, how much are you willing to pay him to come back? That being said, the fact that he's injured may be the reason the Packers are able to bring him back at a more reasonable rate.
1: Yeah, for sure. And in the history of this podcast, I have always been down a little bit on Tunyon. Uh, But, you know, our, our good friend Ryan Schlipp over at the Packernet podcast made a great point. Oh, I don't know, at some point in the last week, talking about Tunyon and pointing out number one, there are not a lot of really good tight ends in the league, anyways. So if you're gonna compare him to the top echelon of like Travis Kelsey and Kittle and Gronk, no, Tunyon is not going to measure up. But if you no. look at who the rest of the league is using as a tight end one, Tunyon's not half bad. And one of the points that he brought up is that Tunyon Is really unique as a tight end in that he has blazing fast speed for a tight end. Um, that is um, really not that easy to replace. He is a pretty lethal, deep threat, uh, a la MVS. Like you said, one of the biggest questions here is his health is he going to be able to play? And I don't even know what the answer to that question is is he going to be ready to play at the start of the season? Or not, we this might be a situation where he's not ready until November or later,
0: yeah. And and then the question becomes, is it worth bringing him back knowing he's going to miss seven, eight, nine games? You know, the beginning right. of, uh, of the season, uh, when you may only be able to assign him to a one year deal. So it it really becomes, uh, there's a lot of questions concerning Tunyon that the team doctors and the front office. And Tunyon's agent all have to try to figure out. I would like to bring him back just because he is the best uh, receiving tight end the Packers have had in a long yeah. time. Uh, right. But I don't want to overpay for him because, among other things, they don't have the the cap space to do it. And realistically, the other thing about Tunyon, he really has, up until this point, only had one outstanding year. And, you know, we talked yep. on the podcast before the 2021 season started. What do you have, like an 86% catch percentage that year in 2020? We knew he wasn't going to be able to replicate that. The question was... And
1: the, and the high percentage of, of his catches that happened to be touchdowns.
0: Right. 11, 11 touchdowns in, what, 52 catches or something like that. You got uh, ex-
1: hit right in the head.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, good. Uh, so, <laughs> But... You know, you knew you weren't getting that, but how close to it could you get? There was a big drop off statistically before he got injured. Part of that due to the fact that he was asked to block a little more when both uh, Bakhtiari and Jenkins were unavailable, and and no one was sure what Josh Nyman was going to give you at left tackle. And but- the downside
1: in twenty twenty one was that even when he was running routes, uh, he was grading out quite poorly. He was right. not. He was not playing well, blocking or uh, running and catching before he got hurt. 2021 was on track to be a very bad year for him. And if anything, the injury maybe salvages his reputation a little bit because you look at what he was able to do and you go, oh, well, didn't he miss like
0: most of the year? Right. <laughs> that is true. So-, so if he's coming
1: back for uh, $2 million or less, I'm interested in playing ball. If he wants more than that, I'm just I'm telling him, hey, best of luck trying to get a deal with a torn ACL out there. Uh, If you want to come back and play for what we can afford to give you, uh, we would be happy to sign you something, but otherwise you might be sitting there for a while uh, waiting as, as the league year starts or as the football season starts and you're, you know, still uh, in a boot uh, trying to hobble around. That's just me.
0: Well, I think, Depending, again, on his injury situation, the Packers can make him a, a low offer. And if he doesn't take it, tell him, hey, go test the market. And uh, there's a chance that there isn't a big market for him and he wants to come back. So uh, you may be able to take that chance. But keep in mind, if Tunyon isn't back and and we get back to sort of the, the full circle of this conversation, you have to draft a tight end, I think, in in day one or day two of the draft.
1: Yeah, and the, the big issue here is that there's not a lot of great tight ends in this draft. Uh, my tight end number one by a wide margin is Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Uh, I think that he would be a phenomenal fit in Green Bay. I don't know that he's worth a first round pick. I think he's a, a second or third round um, pick. And, and that just speaks to the tight ends in this class. Uh, I, I don't think there's anybody else out there that I would be willing to take uh, real early. I think if you took a guy like Rucker in the second round, I think you have big expectations for him to come in and, and start contributing right away. Um, here and look, Deguara, I think is a guy that I still have a lot of confidence in 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 his uh, skill set and his development. Um, the, very uh, disappointing how much time he's missed already in his career just due to injury. But I think if if you're looking in a world where Mercedes decides to hang it up. Because he's like fifty, and Tunyon is still uh, having issues with his ACL, or he is getting—he's—he's healthy, but he's getting big boy money offers from uh, tight end desperate teams. And you're looking at a situation where you just have Deguara as your tight end one. I don't know that I feel confident in that, and I agree—you want to take at least a, a day two swing at tight end in the draft.
0: Yeah, but if there aren't if there aren't any good players out there, maybe it makes more sense to up your offer to Tunyon a little bit if he's ready to go.
1: Well, that is wide receiver, running back, and tight end. We'll come back next week, uh, and I'm, I'm not even gonna guess whether or not we're gonna hear from Rogers because I'm like over <laughs> three at this point. But uh, we'll come back and we'll talk quarterback and offensive line, and and I think we'll probably want to talk about uh, special teamers as well and uh, wrap up our series looking at this. And I'm excited to turn our focus onto draft coverage and really start getting into some of the guys that we really like. Uh, we have uh, kind of been able to highlight some of the positions of need. I think I'd like to really rank those and then get into who are our favorite picks at uh, each of those positions. I think it'd be a lot of fun to uh, cover this over the off season. I think this is going to be a, probably a little more fun off season than last year was uh, because I think that once Rogers gives his answer, I think that's going to be the end of it. I think, I think he's going to give his answer about not just this year, but for the next couple of years, I think that's partly why he's taking so long to make
0: a decision. Well, look, I, I hope you're right because the third time cannot be the charm. If we have to go through this again next year.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, you know, there's a couple of things you could be talking about there. You might be talking about the the third quarterback in a row uh, as, as we are uh, maybe 15 years down the road and we're on uh far of watch 3.0 with, with Jordan love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we hopefully have a long ways to go before we get there.
1: <laughs> all righty. That is it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up date on all things Packers or ask us questions You can also email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time,
0: go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com